Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. This is Megan. And this is a longer video episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, uh, our investigations are picking up, and plus, we're dealing with a lot of uh, spooky shit as we normally do. Um, not necessarily any money haunted updates. We just are. I guess investigations are taking a little more priority than we thought. We're helping a lot more people out. Let's say that. Yeah. And I think too, we're starting to hopefully get kind of like a routine and and like some forward motion on investigating and uh, starting to kind of go over the concept of maybe expanding outward. You know, for the longest time, we've been kind of local, just kind of going to what's local to us. But thinking we're going to start branching out. branching out like for real like because you can only turn over the same stone so many times before you just get you've already studied them beyond recognition yeah so. and plus too it's you know interesting to go to new locations with different history so we've been doing a lot of research on places that we're kind of sticking to like a four hour minute like maximum right now of like travel time and then, obviously, once we're kind of, like, good with that and we've kind of done that, then we're going to start expanding out. Um, I know we talked on here about, I don't know if we said it last episode, but I know we were talking about going to San Antonio, Texas in April. But that is actually going to be postponed until October. Mm-hmm. And I think, did we talk last episode? No. No. Well, I just spilled the bean. No, we're trying to shoot for the end of October. Yeah, the end of October to do kind of like a Halloween episode at Isaac's Ranch. Which seems more tantalizing now than yeah. ever. Yeah, it sounds I know I've been consistently teasing everyone over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. But believe me, the the wait will be worth it. Definitely. Yeah. But no, uh, stuff has been, I guess, we haven't helped us helping out people. Gives me more, what I've learned from helping out certain people is that stuff that I will... Add on to Shadow Walker Part 5, which I think I got enough to do a whole a new episode. So maybe possibly that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I just got to put everything together. But yeah, I think I got a good grasp on stuff for Shadow Walker, Shadow Walker Part 5. The next update in the ability of me. So, yeah. but I guess on to today's episode. Yeah. So today's episode is actually basically a haunted location episode. But I wanted to take a different spin since we've kind of been doing one like every month. And I I wanted to do something different than just like a specific location, a specific state or whatever. So I basically had this idea. Hey, Isaac, you pick uh, like three or four places that are on your bucket list and I'll pick three or four on my bucket list and kind of view it as unlimited money, unlimited time, unlimited access. So anywhere in the world that is is basically on your bucket list. Surprisingly, some I have quite a few international ones. I didn't think I was gonna have that many, but mine's relatively close. At least one of mine. The other two are way across the world. Really? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. I I don't really know what Isaac's is. I just know like one of them because he. Made a realization about something that I... Well, it relates to a haunted update that we did previously. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting. It's a theory. I mean, it's a theory. But uh, it's something I I talked with Mike over. 
But um, before I get to that one, the first on my list, three main places that I would like to investigate. One, these three are, these three are on my list just because of the pure energy that knows come from them. Now, granted, it's not like Bobby Mackey's or Cecil Hotel. Those are given places that everyone wants to investigate. Yeah, definitely. Right? But, and I have my own reasons for investigating those places. But these on my list have particular reasons because of the the energy that they have, is attached to them. And plus where they're placed. Energy and where they're placed. Two, two main reasons why I chose these three. But the first is a place that people know, or at least heard of a couple of times already, especially in the paranormal world. La Isles de las Munecas, which is the island of dolls in Mexico. Yeah. Dang. Now, it's been on Ghost Adventures. Funny enough, uh, one of my one of my favorite YouTubes, uh, Raka Ashes, or Raka Raka, used to be. They went there as a joke with Ray Mysterio. Oh, what? Yeah. they. Funny enough, they met Ray Mysterio at like some kind of convention. that They were there while they are in Mexico because they were planning to go to the island. And uh, they just met up with him. Episode's freaking hilarious, right? But <laughs> it's like scary at the same time. But some of the stuff how they entered and, and they they uh they played around with Ruby Steve was pretty funny because they're big wrestling fans too. So that's how they recognized them. But no, um, Ghost Adventures was there for a while. They did a whole investigation. The spookiest thing that happened besides some of the dolls in here and stuff was that a fire was started by nobody because nobody lives on this little tiny island. No one lives in the area to get there. You know, you can only get there by boat because of swamplands and stuff like that. For some reason, a fire was started. A little campfire. So it's south of Mexico, right? South of Mexico City. Sorry. South of Mexico City. Uh, in the, uh, I, can't, I can't pronounce this. Xolchilamilaco Island? Xolchilamilaco Channels? The X in Spanish, and I don't know. It, it throws me off. Anyway. But south of Mexico City, you take these waterway channels to get there. The whole story behind it, the dolls were made on the island, or dolls made their island their home uh, since the 1950s. When according to local folklore, this is how everything was on the island, anyway. A child fell into the water from a chimpania, I think, or Spanish for an artificial island uh, built of freshwater and agriculture purposes. So I guess she just slipped and fell, right? And a, a local man named Don... Uh, uh, Don Julian Santana jumped in to save her, but the child died from drowning. Suppose there's a story about a, a tour guide. So when you go there, right, tour guide talks. A uh, tour guide named uh, Jose Gabriel Gonzalez Franco is a native of the area. And he said he remembers uh, Julian, or Don Julian, the old guy, uh, when he was a young boy. So he remembers seeing him and stuff like that. So there's some, he did actually exist. Uh, the details of the girl fell in the water uh, says it was by an accident, he says. Uh, Don uh, Don Julian uh, tried to save her, but unfortunately, all he did was be eyewitness to her death and this person in this place. Um, the last moment of the girl's life was exactly where Don, uh, Don Don Julian set up a cross, so that cross can be seen on the island as well. That's kind of why he chose it. There's no official report of the accident or or death, but nonetheless, uh, Don Julian Santana marked the spot where the child allegedly died. So yeah, with a crucifix, so he put it exactly where she died. So you can see her death spot. Uh, the water level of the island has decreased over the years, but the area is still uh, ha- the area has no walled. The area has now been walled off, right? After placing her cross, Santana reportedly uh, reported that something strange and dark started to happen on the island. He claimed uh, he began seeing shadows, hearing cries uh, of a soul he believed that was deep in sorrow. So maybe the girl was like a. Almost a unofficial sacrifice. 
on the island that he, he heard at night, at night he would hear moaning and stuff like that, and a young lady cry. He started taking dolls to the island as offerings to the girl to be appeased, right? Stop from crying and stuff like that. And he just get, and then after his passing, people just kept bringing dolls to the island over and over again. Like new dolls would pop up new, all the time. No one really knows who left them. Some people say they would, but they would go to the island knowing the young girl died and just offer her dolls to appease her. Because before his death, for 17 years, he would collect dolls from dumpsters, from trash cans, um, some burnt, some old, some mutilated and deformed. There's a doll wearing a straw hat decorated with sunflowers, said to be the first one he found floating in the channel that he put up there. So like like she died and stuff like that. That was the start of his great collection. And today there's about 4,000 dolls on the island. That's probably the size of someone's like lots in their neighborhood. Damn. It's not very big. None of the dolls were given names. People give them some of the dolls' nicknames and stuff like that. But what was interesting about when Ghost Fishers were there, the one of the eyes of the doll opened up. They caught that on, on camera. But that level of tragedy and that amount of energy put there, some of those dolls actually might be haunted. Who knows? But there is something there that probably a water death relates to, I forgot the place in, in Mayan belief. But it has to do with the Kukukan, right? The god god of uh, the serpent god. That has to do with water. So I had a theory thinking the girl drowning by accident might have been seen as a sacrifice. And that would cause an opening to spirits into a world of waterway, water being a natural conducting for supernatural between the ether on a certain island point, right? Tracks darkness to that one spot. We got to think too, dolls are specifically like when you think about haunted objects, they're kind of one of, in my opinion, I don't know if it's an actual fact, but in my opinion, are one of the most like common haunted objects, right? Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of the times, you know, experts say it's because dolls are the most like human-esque like objects. So to have those that many vessel something can yeah so that's another reason why i'm like that place alone would be something extremely serious but didn't you mention something to me about like uh the swamp yes uh for the listener whose listeners has been with us since the beginning megan talked about a dream she had was she was traveling down the channel with a death-like figure or a hat man? Was it a hat man or a death-like figure? Uh, it, it could have been both, either or. To me, it was more like the hat man, but it it could have been. It, it was less grim ripper, grim ripper, grim reaper, <laughs> grim. You know what I'm trying to say? Like the grim reaper. It was less like the grim reaper and more like what you traditionally see it but more like a shadowy like leader not leader but like a it was very much so the dream essentially was like i was floating down this swamp with huts right mm-hmm. different huts and it was very murky very i guess very like maybe where you in mexico could have been florida esque even South America, like, very, like, tropical-type swamp. And, like, I would see alligators, and it was, like, nighttime, and there was, like, the, like, fog on the water. And we were going past, and he was in this, like, boat or this, like, canoe thing and was taking me to these different huts and was basically, like, like, 
didn't say much, but basically was like, huh, like, go, like, go. And I walked into these huts and on all the the walls, and they were just made out of, like, wood, uh, was Polaroids of people. But that's, when you show me a picture of how it looked like to you, I saw the footage of how they traveled down the canal to get to the island. It looks almost identical. I gotta look at that. Yeah. Because. Exactly how you described it. The, yeah, the, the straw huts the, the the way the channel looks all that it, it was it was like that's exactly how megan described it to me yeah and that that was a dream that like stood stood out to me it's one of the ones that i always remember i wasn't like scared i was kind of like just gathering information i still to this day don't know who those people were in the polaroids and they were nailed to the walls of the huts inside mm. and there was nothing else inside it was a completely empty hut but just, and it was like enough for one room. There wasn't like, it was just a one room hut thing. Now, uh, my second place I want to visit. I, we've talked about once before, right? But a refresh course for everybody. is a place I want to go to, mainly for the reasons it's said, what's said to be there. A portal to hell. Now, a lot of places claim to have a portal to hell, but this place, I would put good money on, has an access way, or at least an actual portal there. And that is the Hoska Castle in the Czech Republic. It was a well in the basement part of the castle that supposedly is where the portal is to hell. It's in the uh, Czech Republic. Uh, well, to be Pacific, uh, Chechnya. I think that's it. Chechnya. Funny enough, archaeologists have shown that the Celtic tribes inhabited the area beforehand. The land of Hoska Castle stands on. Slavic tribes migrated to the area that now is Chechnya as early as the 6th century CE. So that has some kind of relation to the, the area. Dang. Right? According to the castle's official website, it was built in the 13th century uh, as an administrative hub for the king. Uh, but the Czech uh, folklore maintains true the purpose of its construction was to seal a gaping crack in the limestone. Uh, locals believe uh, this was a gateway to hell which demonic beings emerged to feed on the villagers and dragged them back into the abyss. It has never been seen again. So the whole reason for the castle there was to help prevent a crack in the limestone area. And limestone is also a conduit. Yeah. There's a legend says that uh, prisoners who were facing the gallows or death were offered full pardons, but only if they were agreed to be lowered to the bottomless hole and, uh, and report on what they saw. That <laughs> sounds like a fun adventure. The first man to do so was young and healthy, and he happily accepted. Within seconds, however, he cried to be raised up. When he, uh, he was pulled from, from the chasm, his hair has turned white, and he it looked like he aged like 40 years. So imagine going there 20, coming out there 60. So, you want to know something interesting about that? Hmm. So this is a little off topic, but I find that interesting. About So if it is, right... That that would be negative energy down there, right? Yeah. Okay. When you started pulling entities, mm -hmm. dark entities, yeah, right? Yeah. The first thing that I said to you was, I'm scared of you <laughs> aging. And I never understood that, right? Yeah. I never understood that. I was I was telling him. Well, the actual I, term you use it you said it would start taking a toll on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would age like quicker. Well, the age thing came from what we discovered. Yeah. Yeah. But I had told, I kept telling Mike this, I kept telling uh, Isaac this, and then that's when, you know, 
a different route and the ring came into play. But when you were filtering it through your own body and you weren't placing the energy somewhere, mm. what was happening to you? The right side of my face, right? My beard hair and my, my hair and my head was turning gray. Yeah. And I can attest to that because Isaac's, that's the one thing, like even his his family genes, like they don't really go gray for a long time. Like there's well, no... that's their forties. My dad is yeah. starting to see gray hair until he's like forty two. Yeah, and I never saw gray in Isaac's. No, uh, granted, it happens, but it just so coincidentally happened when. He what started. if he was stressed out? I don't have a lot to be stressed about. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting theory when it comes to everything. But here's where the Hoska Castle legend gets even more eerie. Into the fact that um, in the 1940s during World War II, right? There was a part, now, the Brits did it, the Americans did it, and even the Nazis were the, kind of the head fronters of it. Russia did it as well. This war, World War II, was rivaling World War I. But what was different was, less countries were involved, but the rest of the world was afraid of Germany taking over, right? Becoming a superpower combined with other, and then conquering everybody else. Germany wanted that so much that Hitler had a secret division of his, 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 his army that looked into the occult because Hitler was very believable of the occult. And he was having a secret team search for uh, different artifacts and different legends to see how to help him win the war. One of them being Shambhala, which I learned a lot about that, which that could be another episode in the future. But yeah, you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. What is it, Shambhala? <laughs> Shambhala. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, I forget what religion uh, based it's out of or what beliefs... I know it's in the um, Himalayas. Supposedly where it's it's actually located. But the reason I say that is because the Nazis occupied this in the Czech Republic when they took Aries away from Russia. And it's supposedly told that Nazi experiments took place at Hoska Castle during World War II. Some say that Wilk Hart... I can't can't say that. Kuchmarkt, which had a German accent. Kuchmarkt, whatever. Occupied the castle, I'm assuming a German general. Precisely to investigate whether the gateway to hell was real or if he was occultism that had consumed its higher higher ranks. So there were higher ranks within the German military that thought this actually was a portal to hell. So they did experiments there. Today, Hoska Castle remains as one of the most haunted places on earth, which is true. Now, the haunted history behind it, a little short summary. Uh, Hoska Castle now welcomes countless tourists around the world, which might be our inn, if we you know don't get to investigate. There are a lot of investigations. They don't? I don't know. I oh, just, so they probably weird. don't. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they don't, we can get in by the tourism. The limestone cliff on which it sits has drawn people uh, since uh, antiquity, so it's been a long time. Archaeological evidence shows the Celtic tribes inhabit it. Yeah, I said that before. There was a reporter uh, named Hijek, I think that's how you say his name, also recounted local folklore that described the emergence of the crack in the cliff, the one that they put the castle on to stop breaking. Uh, revealed a seemingly endless abyss to the villagers deemed the entrance to hell. So they saw that as a kept going down and down and down and down, down. So they thought it was a portal to hell. Locals were terrified of the half-human hybrids that began to crawl out of the hole. What? Yeah. At night, in tear livestock apart. So these like, creatures are coming out. Fearful of turning these demonic entities themselves, villagers took uh, avoided the rocky entrance and they tried to block it with stones. But the abyss allegedly gobbled up everything they dropped in, kind of like a sinkhole, refusing to be filled. So idea is sinkhole. So it's not only is it a crack, it's also a sinkhole at the same time, which probably caused the crack in the first place. King Akhtarkar, 
II in Bohemia at, at had the Gothic structure built sometime between 1253 and 1278 when the castle was built. So everything, and there's hundreds of stories of people gone there and seen shit, stuff like that. But I remember it was on an episode of Portals to Hell because where the well is located is above the crack. And they put the well there as a way to uh, access any water that may be underneath, but it never worked. So it just came a big pit of endless things they could just throw shit down there. But it was bottomless because it was a sinkhole. Kind of like the sinkholes we found in Patsy's Pond. Well, I think Mike, too, made an interesting point about how, like, sinkholes, scientifically, they believe that uh, essentially they, they uh, at some point connect to different points in the Earth. Like, they go all the way down and connect. So, that's, I'll come back to that after I see my last place I want to go to, or investigate, you would say. Which we talked about once before. We never did a full episode on which probably could be in its own episode. A suicide forest. Northwest of the majestic Mount Fuji, the biggest mountain in Japan, is, I don't know how to say its proper name, the suicide forest. It's about 13.5 square miles of forest, so thick of foliage that it's known to be a sea of trees. Uh, many visitors have chosen this place to be setting of their final moments, so a lot of people go there to kill themselves. There's even a sign uh, once you walk to the entrance saying in Japanese and, and, and English, because they had a lot of English people go to kill themselves as well. Turn back. Your family loves you. Think about what your family members would think of you dying here. All this other stuff, like trying to prevent them from going. In the year, the suicide forest has been believed to contain a uterine? I think I a mythical Japanese ghost filled with anger and vengefulness. Its grim uh, history made the woods a fitting location for the 2016 horror film, The Forest. Have so, you watched that? No. I think I saw a preview for it. It was all right. I think I made a cipher in it. Here are more facts that don't know about J- J- Japan's suicide forest. Its actual name, Ao. Kikakahira, Eokakakira, I don't know how to say that, Suicide Forest, it is best known for destinations of suicide. Statistics uh, on the Suicide Forest, uh, suicide rates vary in part because of the forest is so lush, so they don't know actually how many bodies are in there. They're decomposing right now, so you can easily just make a trip, walk and trip over someone's body, you wouldn't know, because it's never been found. Yeah, it can go years without being undiscovered, and some lost forever. Some estimate claims is between 30 to 100 people a year take their lives there. However, other resources report the statistics for recent years are unavailable, in part because the Japanese government has stopped releasing numbers in order to prevent further, sorry, future deaths by suicide. Japan actually has a tradition of ritual suicide. Self-inflicted death doesn't carry the same stigma in Japan as it does in other countries. Practice of seppuku, seppuku, I I know this, because I remember this from uh, 47 Ronin with Keanu Reeves. You ever saw that? No. No. If you dishonor yourself or your family, you can gain back your honor by impaling yourself with a sword. Samurai did this all the time. So getting your honor back by, you know, sacrifice, sacrificial suicide. Yeah, also Japan has a high suicide rate to begin with. The global financial crisis of 2008, ensuing economical instability, overpopulation, and a spur of 50% a increase in suicides in Japan. The incidents peaked in March of 2009, the end of Japanese fiscal year, while number of suicides in the country fell by 2021 only by 4.4%. Compared to the previous years, rates of women rose and uh, remained high for young people. In 2022, suicide rates increased by 2.7%, making one of the leading causes of death for men between the ages of 20 and 44 and women between the ages of 15 and 34. Just a year ago, it increased almost by 2.4%. Suicide altogether. Another another fact. The Japanese government in, uh, enacted a suicide prevention strategies in the suicide forest. In 2017, the Japanese government announced plans to reduce Japan's suicide rate by 30% over the next 
decade, reducing the number of suicides by 18.5%, 100,000 people, in 2015, and 13 per 100,000 people by 2025. So they actually have a whole plan in order. Part of the measures include posting security cameras at the entrance of suicide forests and increasing patrols. Suicide prevention counselors uh, and the police also have posted signs, those are the ones I was talking about, uh, at the entrance of the, the forest. Think carefully about your children, your family, other you know, stuff like that. Your life is precious, gifts to your parents. And number one, one of the things in Japan, the most people, the most way people commit suicide is by hanging. Reason being is because the majority of the bodies that they actually find in the forest are swinging from the tree branches. Now, I reason why I want to investigate that place, not just because the immense amount of energy there. The reason being, and this has to go with the Hoska Hotel as well, is that the energy that's buried underneath of the land. When a haunted update, we had two episodes ago, right? Uh, our, our, sorry, our podcast appreciation episode was the first half, second half was the uh, haunted update, which I pulled from underneath Patsy's Pond underneath the earth which is a sinkhole by the way yeah deep within these tunnel systems i found the open chamber where my tendrils that leave my hands by the way if you don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> it's your first episode listening to us uh i suggest listening to shadow walker episodes one through four they explain everything but for everyone who has listened to previous times i'll move on my tendrils wrapped around this orange glowing ball kind of the the outside layer of this orange globe so it had like a clear outside layer but the orange orb inside anyway when i pulled my tendrils i pulled it out the only word i got from it when i put it into the ring was primordial so a primordial evil primordial evil energy source based in the bottom of this land which is causing so many hauntings why we encountered two skinwalkers and about three different demons at this place along with a whole bunch of other kind of spirits so, this place is so heavily haunted for something that doesn't have that level of activity, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's say activity. Uh, not a lot of death that happened there. Granted, there has been death that's happened there, but not at the level of what it should be there. So, that made me wonder about Hoska Hotel, or Hoska Castle, sorry, and, um, and Suicide Forest. Suicide Forest more than Hoska Castle, but why so many people? Killing themselves at this forest. They can kill themselves anywhere. Why this particular place? Because you want your body to be found? That defeats the purpose of suicide. You're killing yourself because you need to get away from everything. And you want to make sure your family that you left behind knows what happened to you. That's why most people leave notes. Otherwise, if you were trying to kill yourself, you would never leave a note behind. So why are they coming here? To be lost to times of the forest. And why being there makes you want to kill yourself. There are reports of people who investigated there that had those saddening thoughts. Psychics talk about how they feel the immense amount of sadness being there, which goes without saying. So I guarantee if you went there, you'd feel the immense amount of sadness there. But there has to be amounts of evil that are feeding off this energy of depression and sadness. would be a feeding ground for dark entities. But also if there was a primordial evil source buried underneath the land, causing this amount of energy to be perspired in this entire area. So that's what made me think about that. Hoska Hotel Castle might have a primordial evil source underneath, or it might just actually be a portal to hell. But Suicide Forest is stronger in my theory of having a primordial evil energy underneath, which makes me think about every place that's ever been haunted heavily by something dark that has a lot of dark energy there, but no reason why it's there. You know what I mean? Like a place that didn't have a lot of murder, didn't have a lot of suicides, death, or any reason for a lot of dark energy to be there, but it does anyway. Leads me to that theory that might be primordial evil underneath it that was put there who knows how long ago. An episode for a different day. 
Yeah. Yeah. But those are my three. Okay. What are your three? Okay. So, uh, of course, like Isaac was saying at the beginning of his, you know, CISO Hotel is definitely one that I want to go to. And then, two, I have a big thing with New Orleans. I really want to go to, like, Louisiana. But that's kind of, like, a given. Like, it's typical on the list of any paranormal investigators. You know, Sally House and places like that. Uh, Waverly Hills. And I, I honestly... Was you know, like, Waverly Hills is actually close to us? That really? I thought? Yeah. I really want to... Well, I really want to do some sort of asylum because I feel like asylums, any kind of hospitals, regularly active would really throw uh psychics and mediums for a loop but i feel like where things are able to basically like flourish that are negative and stuff because i would think even the residual is is dark i mean not dark residual is could be dark like Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot of horrible things have happened at asylums and stuff like that so I definitely, I really honestly don't even, it doesn't even matter to me which one. I would just like to go investigate an asylum. But, so some of these places not only would be on my bucket list because I want to do the whole spiritual thing. Like, you know, obviously being a psychic medium, like go to these places and and see what's going on. But also because they kind of are a little bit of my fear. Um, At least the first two are. So the first spot that I would want to go or want to talk about is a spot in Japan and it's called the Inanaki Tunnel. And there is a lore. Well, the stuff that happened with the Inanaki Tunnel is, is more factual versus there's a lore and a legend about the Inanaki village. So I'm going to kind of talk about both of those because they kind of coincide with each other. The Inanaki Tunnel is considered to be one of the most haunted in Japan. Like I said, the Inanaki Tunnel legends and lores and stories behind that is more accurate than the urban legend about the village. So basically, the Inanaki Village was a village in... I can't even pronounce this. Good luck. Um, Fukuoka Prefecture. If your sister is here, she get a whole I right. know. My sister is huge <laughs> into like Asian culture. like She studies it and stuff like that. And she likes, like, the language and stuff like that. But long story short, basically, the residents refused to move when they were building a dam. Uh, The government was. They said they're not moving. And apparently, there was something in the Japanese constitution at the time that basically said, like, hey, if we need this area, you need to move. They basically said, no, we're not moving. And the entire village was flooded. And now that's the lore. There's no actual. There was an actual Inanaki village. That was around between 1691 and 1889, um, but it had nothing to do with that legend. So according to legend, the village was located near Mount Inanaki and the Inanaki Mountain Pass, but its exact location is unknown. The area of the old Inanaki Tunnel has been considered to be haunted due to the number of murder cases that have been connected to the tunnel itself. The tunnel's construction was completed in 1949, but a new tunnel was constructed nearby in 1975. The unused tunnel became dangerous due to a lack of maintenance, and on December 6, 1988, a horrific murder occurred 
when five young men abducted and tortured a factory worker whose car they wanted to steal. Some of the stories differ a little bit about like what took place and result was still the same, but there was one story where basically like they tried to steal this factory worker's car. They weren't successful, so then they came back like hours later and abducted him. And then there was other stories where it was just like they straight up like abducted him. They tried to steal the car and basically he was fighting back and so they abducted him. And so they abducted him, tortured him, lit him on fire, threw his body in the tunnel, and they were all prosecuted. They were all put in jail. And it was very horrific. The, the man died at the entrance of the tunnel. Recently, the entrance has been impassable, and they actually sealed it off with, like, bricks. Like, if you look at the tunnel, it's, like, packed full of bricks on both sides. And in 2000, in 2000, another body was found by the dam, so it's not uncommon for murders to take place around this. Mm tunnel the first mention of the urban legend of the village was back in 1999 when nippon tv received a letter from an anonymous person which described the letter or the 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 instance of a murdered couple that came in contact with the village where the old there was a there was a legend that a couple basically was driving turned off the wrong way went to where the village was at one point and basically they got murdered and um so it was an anonymous person that wrote in so there's a horror movie as well that was inspired by not really the tunnel but more so the village and it was called the howling village and it was released in february 2019 um apparently never heard of it apparently there was a, a phone booth in like the nearest town that it would ring i think between two and three in the morning and if you answered it it was from like the cursed village and you would die. I don't know how they got a phone call, like we're able <laughs> to make a phone call, but you know, in a Naki tunnel, obviously that man was murdered very horrendously. That was, that was a true thing. And ever since that movie, a lot more traction has been towards that tunnel. So a lot of tourist groups will go there and just like see the tunnel. Those are the only, except for the 2000, the one that happened in 2000 and then the one in 1988, uh, with the guy that was burned alive. Um, those are the only two documented, but apparently there, there's more murders that took place there. And I've noticed in tunnels in general, um, if you look, um, I'm going to mention another tunnel in a little bit, but, um, a lot of the tunnels, cause I did a small segment on our Instagram about haunted tunnels because I mentioned this one and another one, but a lot of it has to do with murders. And I feel like, you know, a lot of these tunnels are like desolate, abandoned places that not a lot of people go. And a lot of the murders that take place in this area are very horrendous. The Inanaki Tunnel, and then you have like a bunch of other tunnels in the United States that had similar situations, you know, overseas, same thing. So I would, I don't like tunnels. I feel they creep me out. They've always creeped me out. But anywhere, like, a horrendous murder like that happens, I feel like me as a as a psychic medium, I would like to try and if, if there are spirits that are stuck there because of what happened to them, I would like to help them as much as I could to possibly cross or get some sort of closure. So that's just a personal goal to me. And plus, the thing with the village being so close by and all the you know, the, the legends with that tunnel, I think it would be interesting to see yeah. what's, what's 
see if psychically we could pick up anything from the village if, the, if we got anything and then okay so the next one that i would do and it would absolutely terrify me because one of my things i i'm not consider myself claustrophobic but i don't like underground things nor do i after i saw i think it was like the it was a blair witch project but it was like not the original blair Witch project or the sequel like cursed book whatever it was mm-hmm. but like the one that came out like 2017 2018 i can't remember when yeah um there's a scene where they're crawling underneath the underground tunnels and like they're just like, squiggling by with their shoulders Ew, and like <laughs> i don't know why but ever since i got to my size where i am now i'm like i i'm claustrophobic in like underground like in 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 like a up we call the uh, we call the air shaft i'd be fine with right but underground where if i get stuck i'm dead that's what freaks me out well, I had a small, before I get into this, a small smidgen, a smidgen glimpse of what that feels like when you're underground in like a maze kind of situation. Uh, we did a case one time uh, with our previous team where, long story short, I never experienced, what, what would you call it, disorientation, mm. like where you, I didn't know where to go. And we were in this because we were doing it um, on a farm and we were in like these wheat fields. Me and Megan got separated from the group and it literally felt like because we were literally right behind the group. And then all of a sudden they were way in front of us and we were like, well, what do we do? Do we stay here? And it literally felt like a crowd of people. Like, when we took photos of that area, you can literally see people in, in the field. Like, it's insane. And it, Spirit Box was going off, and it was saying things. And I was like, oh, my God. And it kept saying tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. And I was like, oh, my God. Was... And I was telling Megan, I was I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't I, – I feel I, – I don't know where – I don't know where to go. Like, I don't know where to go. She's like, okay, well, let's just go this way. And we start going through this maze thing, and I don't know, we got extremely disoriented. And one of the stories that I'm going to share with you about this location is that there was a, there was multiple cases where people basically went crazy because they got lost in this specific location. I got a small glimpse of that. We were able to eventually... We both just stopped, like, close our eyes, like, get, regain focus, and then we were able to find our way out. But for a split second, it, it was, it, yeah, it was weird. Uh, so the location that I would also would want to go, but I would also be extremely terrified because, like I said, I don't like underground things. Mm. I don't like weird mazes, like, underground. Like, that would just freak me out. But it's the, which I want to do an episode just on this, but Paris Catacombs. Yes, and ever since I saw As Below, So Below, I kind of want to go there, too. Yeah, yeah. so um, basically the Paris, I'm just going to overview it because I, I really think we're going to do an episode at some point on this and where we can go more in depth. So it's just going to be a slight overview. But basically the Paris Catacombs was created in the late 18th century. Public health problems related to the city cemeteries led to the decision to move their contents underground. And then eventually, uh, due to the overflowing and the poor conditions of the graveyards around the city, the government needed a fast solution to get rid of the piles of corpses, which that's always great. Alexandre Lenore and I can't even... Thordo de Crosny? That's probably not how it... Uh, came up with the idea to place the bones 
underground in the catacombs. Later, Louis Estine Heracard de Thury, which I know that's probably a lot wrong, um, saw as an opportunity to make it basically an art form. So he arranged the skulls and bones of, of pretty much six million people that were buried underneath there and uh, created, I guess, artwork of people's bones um, on the walls. It is basically so the spirits of the dead that are buried under there haunt there, and there's been massive amounts of paranormal activity caught on tape. But yes, six million people are buried there. There's different legends and different stories. Obviously, it's a big tourist thing in France, Um, but there was one in particular situation that occurred in the early 1990s, a group of catapults which is basically people who study and explore the Paris catacombs regularly were walking through and found a video camera on the ground. Footage was still on the camera. They watched it, heard disturbing noises. The man was holding the camera and they could tell he was lost and basically did not know how to get out of the catacombs. And the more they watched it, the more they were able to conclude that the man was slowly kind of going mad. Like uh, the video ended up stopping and the man dropped the camera to the ground. To this day, nobody knows what happened to him okay so another weird thing that happened and this was not really that long ago so in 2004 a group of police officers were exploring a part of the paris catacombs that was restricted from public access when they uncovered some really odd things so first they found a pa system playing pre-recorded guard dog barking then they found 3,000 square foot of galleries wired for phones using pirated electricity. Um, the officers also found a bar, a living area, a workshop, a lounge, and even a cinema with rooms with a room to seat 20 people. The cinema seats had been carved into the stones of the catacombs. Uh, the creepiest part of all was that they discovered the cameras on the ceilings recording them. A few days later, the police squad went back to the area with a larger team to investigate further. However, everything they discovered from the phone lines to the Paris Catacomb Cinema had vanished. The only thing that remained was a note that read, they say it in French, but uh, it basically means don't search. So, Paris Catacombs did open up to the general public in 1809. Uh, Some people have called this the gateway to hell. And so that first... uh, story that i told you about the video camera mm. apparently that also inspired as above so below yeah which i never saw that but it's a good movie one of those uh, found footage horror films that um i actually like and i'll put in like my top 10 just because the story the 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 uh i mean granted all the actors and you probably recognize a few people but um the story behind it was just so interesting okay so the next place um is another tunnel and this one is you called... You tunnels. Yeah, I don't know why. When I was, like, looking at this and I was going over different locations, tunnels seem to intrigue me for whatever reason. And I don't like them at all. So, the Screaming Tunnel. So, there is a dark history surrounding Niagara Falls Screaming tun- Tunnel located in Ontario, Canada. It is... This tunnel is, is significantly smaller than most of the ones that like when you google haunted tunnels or even the ones that we've talked about on our instagram this one is definitely smaller it was built in the early 1800s and made of limestone uh it has a height of 16 feet and a length of 125 feet and the tunnel was originally built 
underneath the Grand Trunk where Railway Line, which is now called the Canadian National Rail- Railway. Basically, it wasn't actually like a tunnel for like the rail cars to go through. It was a drainage system underneath the rail area and they used it basically water was taken away from local farms through the tunnel that was used for drainage the railroad above was always busy so farmers and local townspeople used the tunnel to transport goods and animals Uh, there was only one major incident that occurred in the tunnel area but it was basically the brutal death and murder of a young girl who was assaulted and burned alive So another, which I find that weird, two completely different tunnel systems and her murder was very, very brutal. And that guy's murder was very, very brutal and it was both lighting on fire. So I don't know, I guess, uh, with, with how I think, I, you know, I would like to go to those places to be able to help if their spirits are stuck you know, to be able to cross onto the other side. Cause, um, apparently though, you can still hear screams. And apparently the tunnel was used for a movie in 1983 called The Dead Zone. The Inanaki Tunnel, though, you can actually find if you Google, not Google, but if you go on YouTube and you do the Inanaki Tunnel, you could see there's people that go there and you can kind of see beforehand. But I have one more location. We said three. I know. Um, because this one really, okay. So one thing I would like to see or investigate would be a spot that is no longer there that was considered to be haunted to see if, you know, how some people, and I've, I've actually talked to somebody with this kind of like mindset, not mindset. It's, it's just idea to do this. So some people. And I don't know if there's any like actual evidence showing that that works, but some people believe that you have a house, it's extre- it's got extremely evil energy and they burn it down instead of removing the stuff. Does that stuff stay on the land? So one spot that I would like to investigate is the land itself of a place called the Murder Castle. The Murder Castle no longer is standing, but the land itself is obviously still there. So I would like to see, supposedly, this was one of the first serial killers. And there was over 27 bodies in the murder castle. Mm. Now, there is also speculation that this was exaggerated at the time. No one knows. Um, he also claimed to have help from Satan doing the murders. So the murder castle... It was also known as the H.H. Holmes murder castle. There, there was hundreds... Okay. So, this is the weird stuff. The hundreds of rooms of the H.H. Holmes house was allegedly filled with trap doors, gas chambers, staircases to nowhere, and a human-sized stove. Basically, it was the World World Fair Hotel, and it was also known as the H.H. Holmes Hotel. Literally, according to some articles, you could literally run up the stairs and find it lead to nowhere. This mysterious building was also initially believed to be just a normal hotel. Um, and it was a way for Holmes to basically make money during 1893 Chicago World World's Fair. After a police investigation, it re- revealed that something more sinister happened at this location. It remains unknown how many people that Holmes actually murdered in the house, but there was once 
he boasted of killing 27 people. There was also articles stating that he actually confessed to killing 27 people. He was executed. Some estimates have claimed that the actual number was as low as nine, but as high as 200. Apparently, in recent years, historians basically said that it, it was that they were basically exaggerating everything and that H.H. H. Holmes wasn't a serial killer of any kind, but the house did have, it was accurate that the house did have homemade gas chambers and trapdoors. Why would you have that in a house if you didn't use it? No, he was considered one of the big first-time serial killers, right? Which is funny is that his last name was used to give to one of the world's greatest detectives of fiction, mm-hmm. you know, Sherlock Holmes. But the name Holmes in actual real life is related to one of the world's first serial killers. Yeah. One of the articles is that he actually confessed to 27 murders. While he was awaiting execution, Holmes was convicted and sentenced to death for only one murder. That of, he was an accomplice and business partner to Benjamin Peitzel. And it is believed he killed three of the Peitzel children, as well as three mistresses, the child of one of his mistresses and the sister of another Holmes was executed on May 7th, 1896. Apparently, he gave very... Well, he was known to be... He changed his name a lot. And he was known to be, like, a thief and, like, always lying and stuff like that. So, who the hell really knows what this guy did? But he basically was saying that he was innocent. And then later, he said that he was possessed by Satan. And basically, the way he he confessed everything and went about everything... It made it really hard to confirm any of the details. But yeah, that was that was him. Um, the hotel was gutted by a fire started by an unknown arsonist shortly after Holmes was arrested, but was largely rebuilt and used as a post office until 1938. The most haunted post office in the world! Uh, Holmes also had a one-story factory, which he claims was to be used for glass bending. It is unclear... If the factory furnace was actually ever used for glass bending, it was speculated to have been used to destroy incriminating evidence of Holmes' crimes. Reminds me of a part of Talented Mr. Brooks. It also or, sounds like Sweeney Todd, like how they would dispose. Well, no, they would. Not Talented Mr. Brooks. That's Talented Mr. Ripley. There's another movie called Mr. Brooks mm-hmm. with uh, Kevin Costner, I want to say. No, not Kevin Costner. Okay, his name. Had William Hurt and Kevin Costner. I was right. I just looked it up. Oh. All right. Um. Yeah, Dane Cook also was in it. It was pretty funny. But he plays a serial killer. And one of the ways he destroys his clothes that he wears when he commits murders is that he took up uh, making clay pots, which you have a furnace to, to heat up the, the clay pots to dry them, right? Mm-hmm. Or harden them. There's an actual word. I don't know what it is. But that's where he would throw his clothes in to burn them. So there's no evidence of his clothes at the crime scene because his clothes no longer exist. Like I said, I would love to be able to test any spot that's like used to be haunted or used to have like intense things like that because you're gonna think a serial killer would probably haunt a spot that that's where all the evidence was all his trophies stuff like that and you had to burn it all down you probably i don't know but i would like to to test that like go to a location because didn't zach burn the demon house or whatever the uh, demolished it now it's yeah. just an empty lot concrete but does that really help anything i don't know people still go to it there's even uh People, police call because people performing satanic rituals there. Exactly. So it, it makes you would have to, because I, I wonder if you would have to like actually have somebody remove 
the energy. Because I think there was another house that they showed, like, it was burning. And you could see, like, the black, just, like, mass stuff coming from the chimney. And there was an interaction that I had with somebody who apparently the house itself was very, very dark. And she was popping up on my For You page over and over and over again. And I'm not one to reach out if, like, I'm just not, I'm just, I don't know. I feel like if someone's wanting help, they'd reach out or they'd ask for help. So I never really said anything, but she was popping up, popping up. And I, like, would scroll past her and her stuff was popping up. So I was like, let me reach out to her. So I tried, I told her about, like, my experience um, about living in a house that was very, very dark because she basically got it on a, I think it was like a, like she was trying to flip the house and she got it super cheap. Like the family just up and left and the husband was coming after the kids or something like that it was something like that. And so the third time she popped up, I was like, you know, what, let me just message her. So I messaged her. I told her about like my experience with living in a house like that and kind of like what we do and, and stuff like that. And she said she had a preacher i think come out there and he didn't want anything to do with it i asked her i said like if you i'm pretty sure you get this all the time especially being on tiktok because her stuff was going viral i was saying like we're actually not that far away from you we're like i think like eight hours but it's the next state over and i said we'd be more than willing to go over there and investigate least you could say is oh there's nothing you know what i mean like you guys didn't help me or whatever so she was like, cause she was talking about burning the house down. And the only thing I could think of was, ma'am, well, I didn't say it back to her, but I just was thinking in my hand, like, ma'am, that's not going to do nothing. Like, then the land's going to be cursed. So any house that you put on the land, that, that was just my personal opinion. But I would like to actually physically, like, test it out. So, like, obviously, that was in, like, the, the late 1800s, early 1930s, like, that area time period so that was a long time ago so i wonder if you still go to that area would you still pick up residual energy mm -hmm. i mean i just don't understand too like why would you have a hotel with gas chambers and like weird human-sized stove and furnaces so like that and not use it yeah you know what i mean like it's not like hey by the way i just have this like human-sized stove in my house you know what i mean yeah like i'm not baking really big bread you know, so it just makes you wonder. Well, that wraps us up for here today. Yeah. So coming Friday? Friday, yeah. Yes. So Friday is going to be kind of like a smaller haunted location episode. It's going to be uh, Route 66 because I have been stumbling upon a lot of weird things that people encountered while traveling Route 66. And it's a huge, you know, highway interstate yeah. connection. So. There's been things from aliens to creatures to paranormal stuff that's happened. So we're going to kind of cover that. It's going to be kind of a chill episode because next week is, it's probably one of, an episode that I've been really looking forward to covering and I've been trying to find a way to weave it into our stuff, but it is Vatican case files. Yeah. So look and forward. it's going over exorcisms and stuff like that. Yeah. So look forward to that uh friday and the next one uh next week monday yeah yeah hopefully monday hopefully monday Nothing I'm, gets in our way yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure monday because i'm actually like adamant about getting this out 
But as always, you can catch our social medias at Hitting the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hitting the Shaw 6 on Twitter, Hitting the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all social media. You can always listen to us at HittingTheShadowsPodcast.com. Also, if you're dealing with anything in the paranormal-wise, uh, need our help with any cases or uh, our advice, uh, you can message us at Hitting the Shadows Podcast on Instagram or Shadow Walker Paranormal on Instagram as well. But as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yes.